0: hi everyone welcome to another episode of coffee with colin my name is colin Englesfield, and this is the show where you get to drink coffee at seven o'clock central standard time with me and uh have some inspiring conversation with some amazing guests and tonight ladies and gentlemen we have a special guest who is actually going to be joining me next or actually this weekend at the rama drama fan experience down in west palm beach florida so if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, and if you want to know more about what this Ramadrama event is all about, you can go to ramadrama.com and you can see all, everything about it, who's going to be there. There's going to be a bunch of actors from your favorite TV shows from Lifetime, Hallmark, GAC, you name it. Uh, there's going to be roughly 20, 25 actors there and actresses. Um, Not only that, but there's going to be writers and producers and some people from these actual networks. So you're going to actually get to have a real in-depth view on what it's like to actually uh, ask us questions about what it's like to be not only on set and from an actor's perspective, but also from a writer's perspective, a producer's perspective, to really get an amazing overall view of what it's like to actually be making movies and uh, to be working in Hollywood. So this is going to be an awesome event too because it's three days. It's not just an event where you're going to be able to come in and sign autog- or get autographs and take pictures. You're actually going to be able to hang out with us. And uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of different things throughout the three day weekend, such as we're going to be doing karaoke. I myself can't sing. So um, maybe after, I don't know, a shot a tequila or two, I might get up there. Hopefully not. But what I am excited about is uh, on Saturday night we're gonna be doing something called Acting with the Stars. So on Saturday we're gonna be um, inviting some people up onto the stage. We have some scenes from movies such as The Notebook, Something Borrowed, and a few other movies where we're gonna have people actually given the opportunity to jump up on, uh, on stage and actually reenact some of these scenes with some of your favorite actors. And then on Sunday, We are going to be doing uh, a few different things. And my guest, who I'm going to be bringing on here in a few minutes, she's actually going to be doing a uh, a yoga type of meditation session on Sunday morning, leading up into my Inspire Workshop. Now, if you haven't heard about my Inspire Workshop, it is my six-week goal-setting course. And this course is all about inspiring you to be the best version of yourself, for you to be able to get out of your comfort zone. For us to be able to set inspiring goals for us to go out there into the world and really make happen the things that truly resonate with us from that deep spiritual place that is always reminding us that we want to do something and a lot of the times we just ignore it because of what we think society expects us to be and what we think we should be doing in our lives but we know deep down there are bigger grander things that we are that we want to be doing in life And on Sunday, I'm going to be doing a two-hour mini workshop version of my Inspire course. So again, this is going to be an amazing event, not just for you to be able to meet some of your favorite actors, but also for you to be able to participate in a lot of these fun events. All right, enough of that, because tonight I want to get to an amazing conversation with my next guest. Um, She's been working pretty much the same amount of time that I have been working Uh, I've seen her in a bunch of stuff, and I'm excited to be chatting with her about her projects. Um, She's from Canada. She graduated with honors from uh, the School of uh, Theater School. She's got a BFA from the Theater School at Ryerson Polytechnic University, and uh, she's been on a ton of stuff. Um, Foolproof on the line, The Kennedys, Signed, Sealed, Delivered. She's been on episodes of Supernatural, and she can currently be seen on. Amazon Prime's *The Boys*, uh, which has been critically acclaimed, and uh, and Netflix's *Working Moms*. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please bring to the stage and welcome the beautiful, the fantastic, the talented Miss Kristen Booth.
1: Oh, I thank you, Colin.
0: <laughs> what <I do>. an <laughs> intro! <laughs> Great to see you.
1: Nice to see you, and thank you for having me. I have yeah, thanks for I have taking my the coffee. Time.
0: All right, you got your coffee. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Wait, what's on your coffee mug? Is that you? Mm-hmm.
1: It's a picture of me. And there's another one too. Where is it? There it is.
0: Kombucha. Oh, um, cool. What's kombucha A, a
1: wonderful, a wonderful fan uh, and uh, podcaster made this mug for me. Uh, and um, he used my initials KB and my character Shane on Science Seal Delivered loves kombucha. She ah. also loves jazz and blues. So... I like my there we go. Milk with, with awesome. my face on it.
0: <laughs> well, this is great because uh, obviously we're having a chat right now, but I'm going to be seeing you in five days in West Palm Beach, Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Rama Drama fan event. Uh, this is, again, going to be a fun weekend. So um, how did you get involved with this? How, like, the producers called me to ask me to, to be a part of this. Have you done this before? Or is this something that you've... Are you used to doing these fan events?
1: No, this is my first fan convention. I've actually never done this before. I have a oh, lot of wow. friends that do them, um, not this type, like the romantic comedy type. Most of my friends do um, horror or sci-fi conventions or like comic Ooh. conventions. Um, but yeah, no, this is my first time, so I'm I'm really excited to meet all the fans I know. All the postables, the big fan group of Science Seal Delivered are all coming, or most of them are coming. Um, so I'm very excited to meet everyone that I've been sort of chatting with via social media for years. And um, I, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be an incredible event. Uh, Sarah and Gabrielle, who are organizing it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, have done a wonderful job, bring great stars and great people and events. So yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot
0: of fun. Yeah. So I, I get the question, do, you know, do I like to go to these events and interact with my fans? And I mean, I, I always, I, I love it because what I say is like a lot of the times, you know, when we are shooting a film or a, a TV show, we go to the studio, we do our work, we come home, and we don't necessarily get to really hear from our fans exactly, mm-hmm. you know, what our work means to them and the impact that it has had on their lives. Um, So you're saying this is one of your first event, fan events that you're going to be doing, but it sounds like you've been interacting with fans on social media. Um, What is it about acting that, uh, that you feel um, not just for you personally, but that you like knowing that what you're doing is actually is, uh, is entertaining and having, Mm. Uh, a positive impact on, on people? What is it about that you like?
1: I think storytelling is is so important and such a like transformational medium, really, because um, you can literally change someone's life by sharing a story with them and whether that can inspire them or influence them or, warn them whatever i mean there's so many ways that um storytelling can affect the people who are who are ready to receive it right and Mm -hmm. um i find that what i do and what you do uh within that storytelling medium is create a character and someone that hopefully people can relate to they can see maybe perhaps see themselves in that character or, or see loved ones or other people in that character and learn something and grow from that experience. And from what I've, the feedback that I've received from people, the fans certainly from Sign Seal Delivered is just that, that, that show, that character that I play Shane McInerney has, oh. has left an indelible mark on them in a positive way. It has made them, you know, they're better for it. They, they've they made choices in their lives because of it. And that has led to better things for them. And And there is nothing, nothing better as an actor than to hear that type of feedback. And so,
0: yeah. you know,
1: yes, I've been able to interact on social media, but to be able to actually meet them in person next weekend is going to be, is just going to be such a unique
0: and wonderful experience. And I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, so as far as, acting goes was Mm -hmm. obviously you have a degree in theater so it sounds like this is something that you were intentionally setting out to do was this something that you wanted to do from an early age
1: yeah 12 Um, well I mean I was always playing you know um, performing in some way or another but when I was 12 I auditioned for a summer stock production of Annie and I got a role in the chorus as one of the orphans and it was the first time, it's so funny, I still, to this day, I'm like, duh, because <laughs> I was 12 and I watched TV, of course, but I, for some reason, did not make the connection that you could be an adult, be an actor, and, and make a living, like that could be your job. Yeah. And it was that experience on stage that summer that I, working with professional actors, at adults, that I went, oh, hold on a second. I can, I can do this? Like, as a career? Um, I'm sold so from that moment on I honestly wore blinders I was just like so Mm -hmm. sad on I wanted to quit school right then and there and my parents were like absolutely not (laughs) which is probably Mm -hmm. a good thing um so as soon as I was out of high school I pursued the career of acting
0: awesome and And
1: yeah
0: (laughs) was it it something because I mean obviously you know acting like any profession if you really want to be successful with it it takes a lot of a lot of dedication a lot of sacrifice um you know with with acting there's no guarantee though so we go on auditions and there's just no guarantee that you're actually going to be booking these roles and and making money so for you know a lot of people it it can be either something where they don't even want to try it because they're just afraid of the rejection or whatever. Were you ever concerned that, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And if it doesn't work out, I'm just going to like pull the plug after a couple of years. Or were you like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Like, you know, come high or hell water, come hell or high water. I, this is something that I'm going to just do no matter what. Were you like fully dedicated to this from, from an early age?
1: Sure, I sure was. I was, I was definitely come hell or high water. And I had, um, had a, uni, um, a theater school professor say to me once, um, that, uh, if you have something to fall back on, you will. You will. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm just going all in. <laughs> That's why I put all my eggs in one basket. And, and for the most part, you know, I mean, you talked about, the disappointment and the rejection and all that kind of stuff. And yes, that is like definitely a reality for every actor, even the Nicole Kidman's, you know, like I've Mm -hmm. read articles where, you know, act, a list actors didn't get the roles that they wanted because so-and-so got it. And so there is, there's rejection, there's disappointment, there's all of that, but nothing beats being on set and working with, like-minded people to create Mm -hmm. something you know whether and it doesn't matter what genre either for me anyway i I, it doesn't matter i just want to tell stories and so when i get to work with so many talented people doing just that it makes it all worthwhile
0: do you ever get scared (laughs) i almost said the F word (laughs) i was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) damn day man yes (laughs) um (laughs)
1: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm constantly scared uh, for so many reasons. Scared. Like I, I get scared when I get an audition and I'm like, what if I don't get it? Or what if I do get it? Or, you know, all of that. And you get scared when you're not working, you get scared when you are working because, you mm-hmm. know, you have to make other sacrifices. Like I would say that the biggest fear for me is not being able to juggle all of the balls in the air, and and those are, you know, career, motherhood. I have a ten year old daughter, um, um, marriage, you know, and then and then being a part of uh, an extended family, being there for my parents who are now aging. Um, so there's so many things that are being juggled, and yeah. so. There was a long time when my daughter was very young that I, and I was doing sign seal delivered and we were shooting the series and the hours are crazy. And my daughter was just turning two when I got that job. And Mm -hmm. um, I really felt spread so thin that I felt nothing was getting my best. I felt like everything was suffering and that was a really, really hard time. Um, It was wonderful. Right. I was on a Mm -hmm. series. I was a, a phenomenal series working with, great people and but there were things you know it was it was hard it was a lot of sacrifice in other areas so um yeah I'm scared all the time but the difference I think I think the difference between being scared and letting fear control you or rule what your choices are that's where that's where I you know that's where I make those those choices I go I kind of like go with the fear like okay i'm scared mm-hmm. but i'm gonna do it anyway um so yeah and and then the worst fear is when you book a job and you're excited and you're like the first day going what if i can't act anymore what if I, <laughs> what if they see through me what if i can't do this yeah you know, that, that whole imposter syndrome thing is yeah. like very real
0: yeah so it, it sounds like you're able to detach the feeling from your ability to actually Take action in the face of that. Because I think a lot of people, and this is something obviously, I mean, when we're younger, we just, when we feel fear or we're afraid of something, um, it's hard to separate our feelings or the emotions from our identity. And this is something that really helped me with my acting career in the sense that um, one of my acting teachers helped us identify that our emotions and what we're feeling is not who we are.
1: That's so true.
0: And the more that we can identify with who we really are, and then that then begs the question, well, who are we really? And what, how it was described to me is that whenever you are lit up or inspired, or you just feel absolute joy, or when you feel just connected to that bigger, grander, whatever it is, whatever it is you want it, call it God, universe, whatever. um, Those are the times that you can start to really listen to what that deep voice inside of you is really trying to say. But I think we are so busy and we don't take the time Mm -hmm. to slow down, to check in with ourselves Mm -hmm. that we just kind of go along with the flow of what we think society expects from us or what our parents expect from us. And what I loved about acting is that it really allowed me the time to slow down and check in with myself, because to be able to create these characters and bring them to life, you've got to check in and do a lot of deep inner work to connect and find out who this character is. And I started to ask my questions, well, I'm creating these characters and I'm doing this analysis on all these characters. Well, you know, What would it look like if I started to really you know, do that, the same type of character breakdown and analysis with who I really am. And it just allowed me this opportunity to just start to, uh, to really check in with myself. And this is what I, I try to encourage people to do is just take these moments to just slow down, check in. And uh, it sounds like you are doing that with the yoga and the, the meditation stuff that you do that we're going to be doing at Rama drama. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get into all of this kind of like mindset work and slowing down? And was it, it, was it because of acting? Was it something that you felt like you needed to learn to get a control control over some of these feelings that you were having that were preventing you from being the best actress that you could be? Or how did that all come about?
1: Well, I I would say it's a combination of things. Um, certainly, what you mentioned, you know, my my craft as an actor, what you say about trying or. Um, Coming into yourself and connecting with yourself, I believe uh, you know a good actor um, looks for even if it's minute elements of themselves that they can then magnify and bring to life in a character. So that, therefore, when I create characters or work on characters or what what have you, they all come from an actual true place within me. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I sort of start when I approach a character as I look for what is in me that I can put upon this character and maybe it's just this t- tiny little thing, but then I'll blow it up and make it big for that character. But
0: mm-hmm. I would
1: say my, my, my biggest challenge in, in my personal life and my family's life has been mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I suffer from depression. I have since I was 24 and with that comes anxiety um, I have family members that have bipolar. And so what I had to do is to find a way to one, accept the mental illness in myself in my family, the chemical imbalance, all of that kind of stuff. And, um, the best way that I found to do that was to go inward and meditate and to shut to try to shut out all the noise. And so meditating has been a way for me to connect with my true inner voice. Mm -hmm. Not the, not the negative one, not the one, not society's voice, not the one. Somebody said actually really recently, and it was really, really beautiful. He said, I know what it was. It was um, a medium that my girlfriend, Crystal Lowe, who is on Sign Sealed Deliver with Me and who will be at Rama Drama, she went to see this medium and she sent me a TikTok of him and and he said, I have to share this. Spirit came and said that all those things, all those doubts that you have about yourself, that that inner dialogue that you have, like, oh, you're not worthy, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not, you know, whatever it is for each person, mm-hmm. that that's not your voice that's the voice of every person throughout your life that has told you you're not good enough that has told you you get and then you've somehow assimilated it and believed it and made it truth and made it your truth which is that was like for me I went oh my god he hit the nail on the head because truly when we connect to our inner self and it's very hard to do uh, it's not easy um meditation can be very challenging because we do have all that chatter right but what i've learned to do over the years and with my practice is acknowledge that chatter and go oh hey hi i hear Mm -hmm. you yep i see you i hear you good okay thank you for that and now i'm going to move past that and let that go and something else will come for sure and you thank it you acknowledge it you go yep great thanks so much for that and moving on and eventually, when you do that enough times and you train yourself and you teach yourself to do that, each time I meditate now, I get less and less of that yeah. outside voice. And and then, you know, with vis- visualization and all that kind of stuff, you can really sort of like tra- like transcend. You can leave. Yep. I th- it sounds airy-fairy, but really, truly, it's just a matter of shutting out that. That talk, that that negative talk that we all have, no matter yeah. who we
0: are. Well, I appreciate you being so honest in revealing about, you know, mental health and, and yeah. that you, something that your family and, and you've been dealing with, because obviously it's, you know, it's very prevalent in our society. But, yeah. um, you know, up until I think recently, just even having this kind of discussion would be, you know, I mean, no one talks about mental health and, and to reveal that, you know, people are dealing with anxiety and mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for anyone to mention that there's a stigma attached that obviously where, well, you know, there's, there's, there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with me. If I say that I'm dealing with this anxiety or these negative thoughts. And I think the more that we can have this kind of discussion um, and the more that people like yourself are, brave enough to just acknowledge it and say, you know what, this is what I'm dealing with and this is how I deal with it. Mm -hmm. I think this is super important. And, uh, I just want to say thank you for sharing this because, um, you know, I think we all deal with our insecurities and our anxiety and that sort of thing. And that's one of the reasons why I've gone on this path myself because, um, as much as I love acting, it is, it is a profession that makes all of your insecurities about <laughs> who you are. I don't care how confident you are. You step in front of a room in front of a casting director or in front of a camera. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like getting their picture taken or taken video because immediately all of your mental insecurities like pop up to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And I would just ask myself, like, I don't want to be controlled by these negative thoughts. I just want to be able to live my life freely and without this negative chatter, controlling or dictating how I live my life. Mm-hmm. And that's not a very easy thing to do. Um, and, uh, and that's essentially why I like to have these kinds of conversations. Um, but we have a, uh, someone on here who's, um, asking a question. Her name is Sharon Kalma. She's asking, what do you do to get over being nervous?
1: Oh, um, Well, deep breathing is great. Um, There's something that I learned a little while ago called box breathing. Mm -hmm. And um, box breathing is basically inhaling for the same amount of time, holding for the same amount of time, and exhaling for the same amount of time. Um, Usually, you don't want to go crazy, usually about five, six seconds. Um, and it's one of the things that I will be doing at Ramadrama in my little um, yoga meditation class, and what that does <clears throat> for me, anyway, is uh, it takes my mind off the the nervous ch- chatter in my mind. So all the negative stuff, all that stuff that creates those nerves. Um, because really it's, it, nervousness is self-doubt really like, that's what nervousness is. It's self-doubt. It's like, am I going to be able to perform, achieve, uh, Mm. you know, meet the demands of what is ahead of me? That's, and it means you care too, right? It means you're invested. So that's the other thing is like, I don't look at, I don't look at my nerves anymore as negative. I look at my nerves as a sign. One, I care that's good it's good to Mm -hmm. care and two it just means i need to take my mind off that negative stuff so the box breathing it makes you stop first of all it makes you concentrate on counting the breath so you go one inhale for one two three four five hold for one two three four five exhale one two three four five and then you repeat that and you repeat that like four times and then take a break and breathe normally and then do it again. And you'll, and you'll mm-hmm. see, like, you'll find like your nerves just kind of like, whoo, everything just kind of quiet. And, sh- and you, and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that I took myself out of that pattern of thinking and that energy that was sort of like bubbling. Now it's not so bad.
0: So yeah. I read. That's
1: an, a great technique.
0: Yeah. I read an article about a, a Navy seal. That's exactly what they teach Navy seals to deal with the anxiety and the stress before they go into a mission or while they're, you know, it, it, during their missions and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, and what I've learned is that anxiety and stress and fear generally come from not being in the moment. So when we're concerned about the, the future or worried about the past. Mm. And so I, whenever I have anxiety or stress, or I'm going to an audition, I always just try to, try to find something in the moment that just snaps me back into the present moment. Because mm-hmm. when you're in the present moment and you're in flow and you're just enjoying the moment, your brain is not worried about what happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future. And so that's what I love about acting. When you drop into a character and you're just connecting with another actor on set, it it's like time stops. It's like falling yeah, it's in true. love. Like when you fall in love with someone, you're just like, five hours will go by and it's like, wait, where did you know, how did that happen? And so I always am looking for moments in life where I can just get into flow and get into that present, these present, present moment exercises. Yeah. um, Cause that's the funnest place to live our lives. Right. Sure is. Yeah.
1: No, it's, it's very true. It's, it's about being in the present moment and therefore you can't, you can't, you won't hear all of that stuff that, that yeah. self-chatter that's telling you you're, you're going to fail. <laughs> exactly.
0: exactly. Um, yeah. So what would you say are some of the, the biggest challenges of being an actor? Hmm. And how do you deal with them?
1: I would say the biggest is the unknown, like not knowing am I going to book something and be able to pay my mortgage mm-hmm. for the next year <laughs> or the next month? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I would say the unknown, like, like, I, I mean, certainly the pandemic, if the pandemic taught me anything, it taught me that nothing is certain. Literally nothing is certain. Like yeah. um, people who had jobs forever, they're like in a minute, their jobs changed or they lost their jobs or, you know, um, so nothing is set in stone. There's nothing that's guaranteed. Uh, however, some, most people who have a job that they go to every day and they, you know, um, they have a, I would say it's a false sense of security now that I, you know, now that we've been through the mm-hmm. pandemic, however, it is a sense of security, right? You, 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 as far as you know, You're going to go to your job every day. You're going to get a paycheck and all is going to be well. And you're probably going to be at that job for, you know, years on end. Actors, on the other hand, (laughs) unless they're on a series for years and years and years and years, um, we are literally always working for our next job. So we're auditioning and putting ourselves out there. and, And that's the thing, too, is like sometimes auditioning can be very challenging for me because I will sometimes get into my head and be like why am i spending all of this time hours and hours learning lines creating this character figuring out how then i'm going to go into the you know room that i do my auditions in and i'm going to set up the camera and the lights and all that then i'm going to edit it all when it's done So after all of that probably what like seven eight hours of my time that I'm probably, I'm not going to get the job. I don't get paid for that. (laughs) Um, and I put myself out there by, by risking and going, Hey, look at me, look what I can do. Oh, you don't like that. Okay. Thanks so much. Yeah. And then doing it all again, like the next day or two days from there now. Um, So So, yeah, I would say the biggest challenge is just the unknown of of not knowing when that next job is going to come and and, um, will I be able to pay the bills?
0: So what keeps you going? What keeps you motivated? What keeps you inspired? Partly
1: that I don't know how to do anything else. Um, I mean... This, that it's there is truth to that like I, I don't know what else I would do um yeah sure I could go and I could you know wait tables I did that for years when I was younger um but I also know that I would die a slow death like like yeah. my soul needs to be fed and the way that I feed my soul is through art so mm-hmm. um you know you find you find things that also can can do you can do that that work i i became a pilates instructor um the minute i got my certification though i had was booked on acting jobs for months on end and so i never actually got to like go and teach because i was always but i got that like i did that which was great like i was um and i i paint so i have that but, um recently I started doing that and and um I sell prints of my paintings as cards and opened a little Etsy shop and awesome uh, so so you dabble right you 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 gotta do you do what you gotta do and then you just keep putting your best foot forward with the auditions and you know when you've been doing it as long as you and I have Mm
0: -hmm. it's gonna
1: like my coach um my fitness coach I've been working with this amazing guy Ben coach Ben uh, Ben Gustafson and he has a company called lift to rise and all the postables who are listening you know this because I talk about it on my energetically aging Instagram uh, account but he said to me I was telling him I was like oh man you know I don't know when the next job's gonna come and I'm getting frustrated and I feel like I'm working in a vacuum because I'm auditioning and I'm not getting we don't get yeah. the same you know feedback that we used to now that we're all auditioning at home and you know with we don't go into rooms and interact with people now it's all like this um and uh, he said you know what booth he said you're a professional and you just stay the course keep doing the basics and your reward is eminent imminent imminent and you just have to keep at it and I was like you know what really good advice
0: (laughs) that is great advice you just
1: keep doing it just keep doing it and and I've worked uh as you have really hard at at this throughout for the last 20 odd years
0: um
1: and so you gotta you gotta you gotta um you gotta give yourself credit for that yeah actor too right you gotta go I have been doing this for this long and I have been successful and I have been you know blessed and it's that's it's just going to keep happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you you mentioned this advice from one of your teachers, how about your parents or your family? What advice have they given you to support you on this crazy insane Jersey journey of becoming an actor?
1: Well, I mean, I was really lucky because my parents were very supportive of me. Um, they always have been whatever I sort of wanted to pursue. They were like, "Yep, yeah, we'll you know, if you fall, we'll catch you kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so that I'm very blessed um, in that way. And my mom, my mom uh, was an artist, like is an artist, was an artist. She, she started um, when I was born, she was a professional potter. So she mm. had her own studio. She threw, threw pots and sold them. Uh, she got a corporate account once which was really great for her and then she opened an art gallery and she excuse me had all these other artists come in and and join the gallery and so that was a sort of artist collective but I but yeah like they they just always were like supportive and and whenever I came to them with an a, you know an issue where I needed help they were there mm-hmm. they were able to help me um, with advice, with a shoulder to cry on, sometimes Mm -hmm. financially. Um, But that, that I've been really lucky in that way. And I know not everyone has that.
0: Is there any specific piece of advice that you can remember your mom or dad or someone else giving you?
1: (laughs) My dad said in high school, this was before I was an actor, but I was upset. I had switched high schools just for one semester. Because I wanted to get—I um, don't know if you guys had it in the states, but in Canada for a long time we had something called OACs, which was basically grade thirteen. So okay. we we had an extra year of high school, and Ooh. you had to get yeah, and you <laughs> had to get you had to get six OACs uh, in your in your thirteenth year. And um, I I was never very good at math or science, and uh, I was like, well, how am I going to get six without math and science? Because You know, that's the OACs were how you got into college or university. They judged you on your marks for OACs. So I needed a, I needed a drama OAC, but Mm -hmm. my high school didn't offer it. So I went to a new high school for one term to get that drama OAC. And I, I imagine going like your last year of high school into an environment where everyone else has been there for four or five years Mm
0: -hmm. and you're
1: like brand new. So I had no friends and I was incredibly lonely and I was one night crying in my room and my my mom had just gotten me calmed down and my dad came in and he he couldn't stand when I was upset it would really bother him and so he came in he just went you don't need friends you got me (laughs) and and you know like in some ways in some ways (laughs) that was kind of the best advice anyone could ever give me because it was like kind of like that idea of like you got you have these two people here that love you so much and and you can get through anything because we got your back and so i really truly feel like i wouldn't be where i am today without my parents and that's
0: awesome that's great so now as a mom you've got a 10 year old right is she expressing interest in acting is uh is that something that she wants to do
1: she she certainly has interest. I mean, she's inter- She's a really interesting young thing. Um, she often like. Do you have kids? I
0: don't. You don't. Not yet.
1: So not yet. Um. So she she often like makes me literally like shake my like I I'm like who are you? I don't know who you are. <laughs> like i like you're just so interesting and weird and. She really, truly is an enigma in the best way possible. Like I, she's constantly, I'm, she's a puzzle. I'm constantly trying to figure out, mm. um, in some ways. Uh, so, so she does have an interest in acting. Like she, she'd certainly, she has, um, helped me with auditions recently by mm. reading. There was a little girl in an audition a couple of months ago and she helped out and she loved that. So she loves watching me, um, dress up for auditions. Um, she, definitely is an artist there's no question she's a visual artist she um teaches herself animation on Mm -hmm. these apps and then does like so i i don't know if she'll end up sort of like pursuing it past Mm -hmm. just sort of like this you know curiosity that she has but she certainly i think is going to end up in the arts and i only pray that i can give to her what my parents gave to me
0: Awesome. Awesome. And as a mom, I'm sure you're, you know, you're thinking about things that you want to teach her and instill in her. Uh, Was there any time in your life where you felt like you had to learn to stand up for yourself and set healthy boundaries, or has that been pretty easy for you Mm. your whole life?
1: Yeah, no, I would say it hasn't been. I, I, for whatever reason I've always been a people pleaser um, so and partly I think because I'm a woman if it was you know not obviously intentional but I grew up kind of prior to looking at there's a, there's, there's a different way that we raise our kids now um, whereas I would never say to my daughter that's not ladylike i would i would never those those words would never come out of my mouth yeah whereas i heard those words from my grandparents from my parents Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um and so i think what comes along with that's not ladylike is um mind your tongue or you know behave in a certain way uh don't do you know don't don't spread your legs, like, like not in that way. Like when you're, wearing, like when you're a little right. kid and you're wearing yeah. a dress or whatever, a like like, a lady. you, can't play. you yeah. can't play like a boy can play, right? Um, so if I had a dress on, for example, it would be like, oh no, don't, you know, you can't like run up the monkey bars because you're wearing a dress sort of thing. Whereas today I don't feel like at, at least more so anyway, we're far more, um, things are far more equal
0: mm-hmm. on the playground,
1: so to speak. Um, but I do think that that whole like lady, like sort of idea did sort of seep into my subconscious to the point where, you know, I always was like very, um, very aware of approval from, you know, uh, authority figures. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in my younger years that, that, that actually did me a disservice, I feel like it didn't allow me to raise my voice the way that I really, truly wanted to. And, yeah. and I would feel, I feel like in the last 10 years, maybe even just eight years, I've really been able to through all of the, you know, self-work and meditation and through, and through just more experience too. And through watching my daughter, I learn from her every day. Um yeah that I, I now I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to say what I think. And mm-hmm. I don't care if you like me because that's not my job. It's not my job for you to like me. It's yeah. my job to stand up for myself. Exactly. And so, yeah, I, uh, and my daughter's really good at it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think and so I, I admire you, that. Yeah. We definitely can learn a lot from kids. And, uh, the funny thing okay. is like when you, when you do stand up for yourself and you, and exercise the word no uh, and say what you want, you'll, and this was something that was surprising to me because I was, I grew up a people pleaser as well. I just wanted people to like me. I wanted to fit in. Um, I found that people started to respect me more when I would say, no, I don't want to do that. Or Mm -hmm. that bothers me. Or when you do that, it makes me feel this way. And I mean, the first few times I was like, I'd be like, no, but don't hate me. <laughs> you know? um, but it's yeah. So it takes a while to kind of practice and to, to, to set those healthy boundaries, but it, uh, it definitely has made a huge difference in my life. And yeah, I mean, sometimes people are not going to be happy with what you have to say, but I guarantee you, they're going to respect you. Yeah. And, uh, and, ultimately, well, and the
1: thing is, too, you don't have to be rude, right? It's right. not about being rude. Yeah. It's just about standing up for yourself and saying, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. I'm not comfortable. What can we do to change this so that yeah. we're both comfortable?
0: Yep, exactly. And,
1: and generally speaking, most people are like, oh, like first they're like, oh, okay. And yeah. then immediately they go, all right, yeah, got it. Let's, let's figure something else out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And then
1: you both walk away feeling okay with with the interaction or with whatever you you were doing and you can walk away and sleep at night where instead of like playing it back in your head all night going damn it why didn't i say i wasn't exactly. okay with that right
0: yeah exactly so. um, are you currently in a relationship
1: i am married yes
0: yeah uh, right. yeah how long, how long have you been, <laughs> I've been married
1: i forever <laughs> <laughs> um no, I I I kid a little bit. It's true. It's forever. My um my husband and I met when I was twenty four, so we've been together for oh, a long wow. time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Long. long so time. tell us, what's the secret, Kristen? How do oh, you geez. keep it together?
1: There's a, there really truly is no secret. Honestly, I think I do think this though. I, I will say this. Um. Don't settle. Mm. Don't settle. And I think everyone knows if they're going to, if they are settling in their, tr- in their heart of hearts, everyone knows if they're settling. And I think, and I'll tell you why, because I think a lot of people go into a marriage or a relation, long-term relationship. And they think one, they think, well, it'll change. Things mm-hmm. will change and it'll get better. No, it won't get better. It'll only get worse that I can guarantee you
0: yes.
1: because when you add life stress, whatever it be kids financial stress moving death um all of that stuff it's just mm-hmm. going to get worse so something mm-hmm. that's already not good is not going to get better with time it's going to get worse yeah. so so that's one um you gotta be in love you have gotta be in love with that person because when the, when shit gets real and life throws all of those challenges at you that i just mentioned mm-hmm. if you're not really truly in love with that soul with that person it's just gonna fizzle out and and deteriorate and that last thing
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: person has to make you laugh yes you have to laugh you have to laugh um my husband can make me laugh in literally the worst circumstances possible and that i swear to god has saved our marriage so many times <laughs>
0: huge huge yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so but i i do really i i believe in all of those things I, yeah. I believe in all of those things and and life is not easy life is challenging and yeah. um you need you need a partner that's going to be there during those challenges and and those things that i mentioned have to be there in order for it to work. I think.
0: Well, this was amazing. Those are like some, three of the best pieces of advice I think I've ever heard oh. to relationships. So thank, thank you for that. You. Oh um, my gosh, re- my pleasure. Regarding the second one, though, yeah. re- you got to be in love. Where yeah. do you feel that that just is natural, or is that something that you feel requires constant recreation and mm. and attention and work to keep? that love feeling there or do you feel like it's just naturally there with your husband?
1: Oh no, it's, it takes work. I mean, I, what I, when I say you got to be in love, what I'm talking about is that initial, that initial connection Mm -hmm. that you have with someone.
0: That spark. It can't just
1: be, it can't just be attraction. It can't just be physical. It can't just be, um, I think there has to be a physical attraction element. Mm -hmm. um uh but it can't be everything yeah i also think the same for you know a connection on you know um intellectually a connection it that it can't just be that it it has to be all of these things these little things there has to be a physical attraction there has to be a spark there has to be an intellectual attraction so that you guys can have conversations 20 years down the road
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and challenge each other intellectually as well as spiritually. Like, and it sounds like, oh, I'm sure people are out there who are single going, I'm never going to find this person. And, <laughs> and listen, like, it's, they, no one's perfect. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be differences. There's, you're always mm. going to, Uh, have times where you're like I don't know if I want to be with this person anymore Hmm. but why I say that love has to be there is because that is what keeps you together in that time where you're like I don't think I can be with this person anymore (laughs) it's that it's that love that's there that was there when you met that that you grew together that kept you it keeps you going on. And when you mm-hmm. say, is it constant work? Yes, it's constant work. So yes, that, that initial love is there, but it, you have to feed it. You have mm-hmm. to water it. You have to like a plant. Yeah. Like you got it, you got to nurture it. So yep. you, you know, once you, you, once you abandon that, that plant's going to shrivel up and die. Yep. Right. So think of your marriage or your love or your relationship like a plant.
0: <laughs> this is what my mom says, Kristen. Feed this it. is exactly oh my what my God, mom says. Oh my God, I love your mom. That there's three entities in a relationship. There's there's the two people and then there's the relationship. And it's not just about doing stuff for each other, but it's intentionally doing things that help the relationship and that are are purposeful for recreating and keeping that connection alive. So yes. setting a date night, um, yep. doing yep. things that are, are for the relationship, not just for the other person.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, you setting a date night, like sometimes that's impossible. Like maybe you don't have enough money to go out. Maybe you have a child at home that you can't afford a babysitter. So you have to get him, get creative. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, maybe date night is finally the kids asleep and you rent a movie for five bucks on, you know, Netflix or whatever. But, yeah. and you, and you have a nice glass of wine or, or something. And you just take that time, like, just take the time to like mm-hmm. sit and connect with each other. Um, because that's, that's where things start to fall apart. When you, when you don't take that time in life to connect, to reconnect and yeah. go, Hey, are you okay?
0: Like, yeah. like,
1: are you good? Like, yes, are you, like, I'm really, good? truly checking. Are you good? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think, I think again another thing is communication and and that's just you know to just touch on like are you good like connecting and like finding out what's going on with your partner and i i i know that i made a huge mistake in my marriage that i have tried to work i've worked really hard to correct and i think my husband was guilty of it too which kind of led to like a moment where we were like okay we need to like figure this out this communication thing and what that was is that we we figured out that we cared about each other so much and loved each other so much that we were terrified of hurting each other. And so Mm. we would keep things to ourselves. We wouldn't say something that was bothering that the other person did, or that we felt that the other person needed to do because we were, we didn't want to hurt the other person that we cared so much about. But what that ended up doing was leading to resentment. Because yep. if you don't share what's going on in here, mm-hmm. it's going to stay. It's oh, not yeah. going to go anywhere. It's yeah. going to stay there and it's going to build. The next thing's going to happen and that's going to build on yep. top of that. And uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then and then you're like, oh my God, I'm going. To... And then they don't load the dishwasher properly and you're literally like packing your bags, walking in. <laughs> you're like, I'm done. And they're like, what? I just didn't load the dishwasher the weekend. Yeah. But it's all of that stuff that's built up yeah. because you didn't communicate. It's okay to hurt the feelings of your partner as long as it's not coming from a, ma- a place of malice. It's yeah. okay if you're coming from a place of I need to, I need to express myself. Something isn't working for me and I'm so sorry that it's hurting you
0: mm-hmm. to hear
1: this but I got to say this. And then you can work it out. Yeah. Then you can figure it out. But if you never say it then that resentment is just like so gets so massive. Oh, yeah.
0: There's nothing worse than being polite with each other in a relationship. Yeah. It, it's like it yeah. it just kills the passion. Like, yeah, I mean that's one of my acting teachers said that in order to have a you know a good scene, you've got to have you've got to have passion, which is equal parts love and hate. Where not hate in the sense that you want to like destroy this person. But something where there's that friction of like, that keeps that, that spark there. And Mm -hmm. I think that really rooted is truly rooted in being honest. And again, there's no way you can go through 40, 50, whatever years of marriage without pissing someone off. And you've got to be willing to, to be able to say, listen, honey, I know, like you just said, I know this, you may not want to hear this, Mm -hmm. um, but when you do this, it really, it aggravates me or it makes me feel frustrated or it makes me feel like I'm not connected with you. But I think it's important to also preface what you're going to say as well in the sense Mm -hmm. that um, saying like, this is not to attack. This is not to criticize. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying this uh, because I'm just trying to, uh, you know, just be, you know, because you load the dishwasher the wrong way. It really comes down to focusing and getting agreement on what you both want in the relationship. And if it's going to help create more connection and open communication, I think you've got to keep fighting for that. And you've got to do everything possible to keep those channels of communication open. Cause like you said, as soon as that shuts down, the resentment builds. And then Mm -hmm. before you know it, you're literally walking out the door because they loaded the dishwasher. Not the way you wanted them to. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and one of the things that I I learned I don't remember what book it was I read it in, but one of the things was when I to to pre to preface something and say I'm gonna I'm I know you didn't do this intentionally, Mm -hmm. I know your your action wasn't intentional to hurt me or wasn't intentional to cause me whatever frustration or whatever, but I have to say that it did, you know, Mm -hmm. and and. I'm expressing that now. How can we, you know, and, and generally what I find happens is I was, you know, in a relationship, I will say, express myself or say something and then, you know, something will come back at me. And I think you have to be ready for that, right? You have to be ready for the thing that your partner has been holding back on <laughs> yeah. because, and that was the other thing I read too, don't, if you get to a point where both parties are angry and aggravated something happens in our brain our frontal cortex flips and if both people have a flipped frontal cortex then you aren't going to hear the other person no all you hear is your own inner dialogue yes your own hurt your <laughs> yeah. own anger your own you yes. know whatever stress, so, your
0: critical thinking goes out the window and- yeah
1: So so if you feel that if you and we usually can like we can usually go, oh, okay I am so usually it's you see red, right? You're like, I'm Mm -hmm. so fired up right now. All I hear is my own stuff. I'm not actually hearing this person. Then, you know, I one of the things that I was like, and I learned this because of perimenopause, which I by the way, my face is red because I'm having a hot (laughs) flash. Um,
0: Just no, it's cute. You got cute, rosy cheeks. (laughs)
1: this is what did um someone called this my irish tan but i haven't been drinking um my uh i uh i'm dealing with perimenopause now which is a whole other challenge of being a woman which is not fun and so every once in a while now i just go woo, and so that's what that is so just fyi and by going like is she okay um i'm okay just really hot um uh, but yeah, so, so what I do now is I'll, I'll stop and I'll go, I don't think I'm hearing you anymore. I can only hear myself. And, and cause one of the things that my, my husband Tim is, would do is he would stop our, an argument and go, I need a break. I need to leave. And it made me so angry and yeah. I would be like, no, 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 we have to deal with this. But now what we do is just go, it's, it's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with you. I can't hear anything but myself right now. So I need to just step back for, and it doesn't have to be for long. What I do yeah. is I go splash cold water on my face mm. and it actually like brings me back. And I'm like, okay, whew, I'm back. Yeah. I'm all right. I'm I, this, you know, and, and, it, and then you can communicate again. But
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it's hard work. I mean, relationships are hard work. Long-term relationships are hard work. And, and anyone who tells you different is lying.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously you've, you've been doing something right because to be with someone for how many years now have you been married? We got,
1: we got married in 2006, but okay. we were, we met into in, in 1999. Okay. So, so I told you I'm not good at math. So, so you do the math. 20, 23. 23 years. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. Yeah. a yeah. long time. Yeah. Well, you've given us a lot of really great, insight and advice, Kristen, we appreciate it. Um, I do want to just quickly, uh, someone was asking about what Sunday was going to look like at Rama drama. Mm -hmm. So uh, at what time are you starting your meditation session?
1: So uh, at 8am, there is a exclusive come and chat with me and have tea, share tea with me. Um at 8 a.m., that's for half an hour. And then I believe it's 8 30. The uh yoga and meditation will start. Okay. Um, and please, please come, like please join me. Don't um don't be intimidated if you've never done any yoga or anything like that before. All are welcome. And uh it's nothing to be nervous or scared of. Uh it's just gonna be gentle stretching, breathing, and then I'll take you on a little meditation. Prior to Collins um, Inspire Summit.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm super excited to meet you in person, Kristen, and thank you again for all of your amazing insight. This is truly, oh, truly insightful. Pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me. Um,
0: and now is the time for us where we get to ask you what your favorite. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Are. yeah. I've been okay. Are you ready? This. Yeah. Yeah. All already. right. So, what is your favorite movie of all time?
1: The Princess Bride.
0: All right. Amazing movie. (laughs) Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, What do you love about it so much?
1: Everything. I think it's so funny and smart. And I love the love story. Um, And it's timeless. Like I shared it with my daughter when she turned 10 and she loves it now too. Um, It's just one of those, it's just so well-written and so Mm -hmm. well-directed it's a coming of age story. I mean, it's so interesting because I used to focus when I was younger, I would focus, I focused all my sort of like, um, energy on buttercup and Wesley's relationship. And now that I'm older and I have my own child, all I see is the coming of age story of Fred Savage and the, and the relationship with his grandfather. And, um, so it's changed over the years for me, what mm-hmm. it means to me, but it's still just the, It's just the best film, and I can literally quote it almost word for word the entire time I watch it, and it drives my daughter crazy.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks for the reminder. I I haven't seen it in a while, and it's a good one to to revisit. So so good. Uh, What was your favorite movie growing up as a kid?
1: Uh, Who? Well, The Princess Bride. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, I probably this. And most Americans probably haven't seen it, but Anne of Green Gables with Megan Follows. It was a Canadian production. Hmm. It may have gone across the border, but it was um, uh, basically a mini series uh, based upon Lucy Maud Mon Montgomery's novels.
0: Okay. That's one I've never heard of. So
1: well, it's, it's wonderful. The, the, it, anyone who has children um should definitely find Lucy Maud Montgomery's novels and read them to um, their kids. They're really, okay. really lovely. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And uh what was or what is your favorite romantic comedy?
1: When Harry Met Sally.
0: Oh my god, such a great movie. The best so movie. <laughs> yeah. It's such a realistic depiction of how like two completely opposite people can can still make a relationship work
1: (laughs) yep yep and that's you know you know i talk about i talked about that love thing that love thing is there yeah and and even when they hated each other they loved each other
0: there's love like when he goes to spit his seeds out the window and it's (laughs) and she's like ew like
1: (laughs) (gasps) oh there's so many great things in that film yeah yeah I would say too that those performances are are both Meg's and Billy's, but best from, yeah. from what I've seen, it's just so good.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, what is your favorite comedy? Oh,
1: boy. Um, I know I should have, I should have prepared. Um, my favorite comedy is well it's kind of the princess bride too like it's so yeah. fun like um but oh throw mama from the train was one of them i loved i loved, loved, who, loved that yeah movie. who is that in that again billy crystal
0: okay uh danny yep. devito that's right
1: yeah it's brilliant uh tr- planes trains and automobiles oh, oh i know my favorite comedy oh my gosh dirty rotten scoundrels
0: amazing amazing but so is Planes, trains, and automobiles as well.
1: Yeah. Steve yeah.
0: Martin, John Candy. So good. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, who is your favorite actor or male character in a movie or TV show?
1: Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs.
0: Amazing. Yep. Absolutely, He's one of my favorites as well. Yeah. So I teach an acting class and I always bring that scene up where Clarice comes to meet him in the glass jail yes. and just the, it's just a masterclass in subtext and how to convey everything that you need to convey without saying really anything. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. And who's your favorite actress or female character in a TV show or a film? Hmm.
1: Kate Winslet, Mayor of East Town, but also *Sense and Sensibility*.
0: Uh, was who else was in *Sense and Sensibility*?
1: Emma Thompson, who's also brilliant. Yeah, everyone's brilliant in it.
0: Was Colin um, Firth?
1: Colin Firth. Alan Rickman, who's also my fa- favorite all time actor yeah. and, his, and um, his performance in Die Hard is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Kate Winslet in Sense and Sensibility and then again in Mare of Easttown, and pretty much everything she's done. Yeah, she's,
0: she's fantastic. fantastic. She's yeah. fantastic. And so are you, Kristen. Oh. Enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> and uh, so you you currently have two TV shows on right now. One is The Boys and then the other one is uh, it's Working, Mom. Working Moms. Yeah. Um, can you quickly tell us a little bit about both of these projects? And everyone who's watching, be sure to check them out.
1: Oh, thanks uh, working moms is on Netflix I'm in season five and season six I play um, Cheryl a uh, pill poppin suburban mom' <laughs> oh, <fun. laughs> Who's not very nice um, which I love I love to play mean characters or characters that are not so nice um, and then the boys is on Amazon Prime video and uh, it is uh, it's it's truly an incredible show it's Probably even before I was on it, my favorite show. I think it's brilliantly written, brilliantly
0: executed. Um, it's about the these acting... superheroes that are anti superheroes. Anti-super- yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But Anthony writing... Starr,
0: Chase Crawford, um, who else yeah. is on there? Um,
1: uh, Carl Urban and Jack yeah. Quaid and Aaron Moriarty and Karen Fukuhara. Like it, just everybody. It's just so good. But I will warn you; it's very violent, uh, okay. and and very graphic in kind of every way. Um, so it's not for everyone. Uh, but if you if you if you can handle it, it's so brilliantly written. Mm-hmm. It, they do such a brilliant job um, satirizing um, capitalism and and the far right, and like it's just it's just so good. It's just so well done. Awesome.
0: Uh, so
1: I, I got to play a superhero in that. So that, right. um yeah, and my big episode comes up on Friday.
0: And what's your superpower?
1: Well, I'm a, I'm part of a twin team. I'm the TNT, I'm Tessa from TNT Twins. So my twin and I, are. we don't have superpowers without each other. So we grab hands, and a, a blast comes out of our opposite hand. So we hold hands, and we say, TNT, activate. And <laughs> psh, it all comes out of our
0: hands. Awesome. Oh, yeah.
1: Crazy. Awesome.
0: Stuff. Well, everyone check it out when you get a chance and uh, come to Rama drama. We can't wait yes! to see you guys all there. We can thanks meet for, you. Yes. It's going to be an amazing weekend. Looking forward to Sunday with your meditation session.
1: Thank and you. Um,
0: Kristen, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you being here. Great to meet you. And I can't wait to see you. you too, this Colin.
1: Lovely time chatting. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. Take care for now. You too. All right, everyone, again, another amazing episode and a great conversation. I uh, would love for you guys to come to Rama Drama this weekend so that you can meet Kristen and myself in person and to, uh, to take part in our Sunday special session of meditation and reconnecting to yourself. We're going to be doing some amazing, fun exercises. Oh, no, an ambulance is driving by. I always hate when I hear that. This is what you get with live streaming, ladies and gentlemen. Um, But on Sunday, we are going to be doing a really amazing uh, day of connecting to your true self. And again, my two-hour Inspire workshop is going to come right after Kristen's meditation session. And then right after my Inspire session, we're going to have a special little uh, astrology session taught by a woman named Renee, who is an expert in astrology. So if you're into that... It's going to be a really fun uh, and exciting Sunday. And then, of course, you're going to get the opportunity to meet all of your favorite hunky actors and beautiful actresses from all your favorite TV shows. So really looking forward to seeing you guys this weekend. And if you can't make it, don't worry. We're going to be doing more of these um, as the months go on. We're going to be probably doing something in September, I believe, in Temecula, California. And uh yeah, just uh, looking forward to, to all these events. It's great that we finally are able to get back to some normalcy in life. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are dealing with a lot of different things. You know, Kristen mentioned mental health. And uh, I know the world and, and the stuff that's going on in the world right now, there's a lot of uncertainty and fear. But I just want to remind you that a lot of what we see out there in the real world is not necessarily real. And a lot of the times we can get swept up in the idea of something and instead of the actual reality of it. And I know we are all dealing with real life situations. And uh, I just would encourage you that if you need help in any way to just reach out, don't be afraid to be real and to reach out and ask people for help if you need it, especially if you're dealing with any mental health issues. And uh, it's not a sign of weakness when you're asking for help. It really shows a sign of strength and it shows a level of awareness and maturity. And uh, it's all about doing things that truly honor yourself, because by asking for help and being authentic and being real with someone, it actually helps other people to be real and authentic, much like what you saw, Kristen, how she was tonight, how honest and authentic and and real she really was about some pretty, pretty serious stuff. And I think we all have a level of of uh, of um, feeling that like we can talk about this stuff a little easier after this conversation. So just be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and uh, just keep being the best versions of yourself. And I can't wait to see you guys all this upcoming week at the Rama drama conference and uh, be sure to check out Kristen's TV shows, the boys and working moms um, when you can. All right. Take care for now. Have a great rest of your week and I'll see you guys all next.